Welcome to the Miller Oddcast, a brand new podcast from the Missouri Review. For over 40 years now, TMR has been discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Our quarterly magazine appears in print, digital, and audio formats. Learn more at MissouriReview.com. Hello, ears of the internet. It's time for episode nine of the Oddcast. I am, as usual, Mark McKee, Managing Editor of the Missouri Review, and I'm joined today by TMR's contest editor, Bailey Boyd, and our audio contest intern, Annalise Hatchakis. Hi, Mark. Hello. Hello. This episode, we feature the first finalist in the humor category for the 2021 Miller Audio Prize. That finalist is Ambrosia in Correspondence by Anya Krawcheck. Anya Krawcheck is an actor, writer, and photographer. A Miami native, she currently lives in the South Bronx. Recent projects were featured in Tribeca Film Festival, Austin Film Festival, and Big Apple Film Festival. Other appearances range from network television, independent film, site-specific immersive theater, and international play festivals. She's currently developing a new web series about ghosts, friendship, and dental hygiene. Krawcheck has this to say about the piece. Ambrosia in Correspondence is an audio adaptation of the Ambrosia video series, viewable at the included YouTube link. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. The Ambrosia series was developed in spring of 2020 and was inspired by a family portrait and the discovery of mail order vampire fangs. Ambrosia's story is not a story about a speech impediment. It's a story about being undead, you know? As for me, I'll say more later, but one of the things I loved about this was that it was just dotted with little tags I thought were brilliant, especially deliberate misquotations of famous people that would often cue the sign off of these epistles. Bailey, what really worked about this entry for you? Yeah, I loved those misquotations as well. And I know we each kind of have our our moments that, that we really loved about this piece. Um, for me, what I really liked was that this is yet again, another example of how you can use audio in a way to really engage listeners. Um, you know, we highlighted for the, the previous two finalists, different ways that they incorporated audio and, and the way that Anya Krajcik has been able to do it here with really just one voice. Um, to me, this was kind of like a character study. And I really loved that, that the one voice um, and the one person really took me through the entirety of the audio piece, making me feel entertained and making me laugh throughout. So that's, that's really one of the things that I loved about this piece. Yeah, and I appreciated how even through the development of really primarily one character, we're able to see a, a really layered approach in terms of the humor. I've now listened to this five or six times and I'm still catching jokes that I did not catch on a first listen. Um, so there are some kind of absurdist humor, but then also some headier illusions um, that require that you're familiar with some of the tropes in like Victorian literature or the tropes that um, kind of playfully engage with the vampire genre. So I appreciated that. Yeah, I, I mean, talk about the joke layering. I mean, there's just, it's just really packed. Uh, and it's so packed, in fact, that there, there are a couple of times when in order to really kind of uh, 
pack a wall up, a, a joke will take a, a moment of silence and then it'll just kind of, uh, and they'll just hit you with a kind of next line that's that's just surprising enough and just kind of like uh, familiar enough to kind of really work. I know that sounds vague. I just don't want to really give away too much about the jokes that are there. Um, there's the whole kind of like uh, epistolary, um, you know, kind of like format of the, you know, this, this, this vampire is really addressing the editor in chief of the paranormal review. Um, and it's just got so much going for it. Uh, th that it's also strange and sometimes moving that it's it's definitely set in the contemporary now that never overpowers the jokes and it, and it never kind of like take detracts from any of the gravity of the situation either. It's uh, it's really it's really a really well done piece and we're really excited for you to get to hear it. Um, and it's one of a number of varieties of kinds of humor that we're looking to listen to as we continue to accept entries uh, for the Miller Audio Prize. Bailey, um, is there are there any other things that you'd like to say about that? Yeah, um, send us send us the things that that you think are going to make us laugh. There there is no set format for this. Um, we've had folks record standups. We've had funny stories um, just being told to us. Um, we have multiple people, we've had multiple people being in a piece to enhance humor. And then we've also had um, entries like Anya Krawcheck's here um, that, that really do so many things and layer so many skills and elements into it with just the one voice. So we're really open to, to anything. So go ahead and send it to us. We're looking for some humor entries um, and you can submit those in our submittable page. Awesome. Um, well, uh, thank you both so much for being here, Annalise and Bailey. Thank you so much. Thank you, and we enjoyed it. And now let's all enjoy Anya Kronchek's Ambrosia in Correspondence. March 17th, 2020. Dear patrons of the Paranormal Review. It is the time of year again when we look to you for assistance. The Paranormal Review is synonymous with high-quality news regarding the most pressing issues concerning the paranormal community. It is our honor to provide this service. However, service requires resources. Please consider giving to our annual fund to help us reach our goal of funding our budget. We thank you with the enclosed gift. Multiple regards, Mrs. Eugenia Pondeschitz, Editor-in-Chief of The Paranormal Review. The 31st of March, 2020. Dear Mrs. Pondershitz, Editor-in-Chief of the Paranormal Review, I appreciate the gift of the pre-printed mailing labels and two months of publications free of charge. Having read your letter in entirety, I comprehend your plea for resources, as I am in abundance of the greatest resource of all, my own experience. I will save you the energy of repeated requests of my time and liberally offer you and your staff a full interview with and about myself. It is not lost on me that your judgment in seeking out the first-hand experience of a vampire in such a time is outstanding. This is actually my fourth plague, so I happen to be somewhat of an expert in suffering and death. First, I expect your subscribers will be curious about myself. I am Ambrosia. 
I am giving this interview from a palatial semi-detached condo on the island of Staten where my great aunt Anna and I have been stationary nomads for many years. But what of great aunt Anna? Your benefactors might ask. And in response, I assure them that she is here but she will not participate in the interview because she is in the middle of an unpermissive pandemic hibernation. Great Aunt Anna takes the pandemic quite sincerely. And I can't blame her because I had a bad sip of blood myself with the plague in 1348. It was a bad experience. I won't bore you, Mrs. Pondershitz, because it's a long story, Mrs. Pondershitz. Actually, I will tell you, Mrs. Pondershitz, as I know the readers of the Paranormal Review will be quite invested. I had suddenly become quite agitated because the doctors were doing the bloodletting. This was very exciting to a young little vampire, and I imbibed. I am not one to make excuses for my past follies, Mrs. Pondershitz, but I will say that I imagine it's like the humans with the food poisoning. I am filled with sympathy. So, this should act as explanation for how great Aunt Anna has taken to sleeping all the nighttime. And also all the daytime, obviously. I may, on occasion, find myself a little lonely. Between you and me, Mrs. Pondershitz, I find it a lot lonely, and consequently, I'm quite relieved to have the distraction of offering these interviews to you on behalf of your readers at this time. But at present moment, my weary hand begs of me to end this letter. I will leave you and your readers with the following quote from the late great Abraham Lincoln. <clears throat> You have to do your own growing, no matter how tall your great-aunt Anna was. I will look forward to the continuation of this interview. Very sincerely, Ambrosia. The 15th of April, 2020. Dear Mrs. Pondershitz, Editor-in-Chief of the Paranormal Review. I could not help but to notice the journal's serial interviews with members of the Eternal Defilers Vampire Society of the Americas. I will confess my confusion as to why those interviews should take precedence over these interviews, Mrs. Pondershitz. But I appreciate that a professional-type editor like yourself must be sensitive to the reception of such features, and how crummy the Eternal Defilers interview might come off if featured after my own incredibly riveting interview. This is clever, Mrs. Pondershitz. Clever. In light of this, I take your lack of response to my previous letter as confirmation that you and your staff are busy parceling out the many pearls of wisdom therein. I don't wish to overwhelm you or your staff. However, I do wish for your readers to have an accurate picture of my life. I believe that at the end of my last letter, I had just begun to illuminate the sacrifices that Great Aunt Anana's pandemic hibernation has required of myself. Please do not misunderstand these words as complaints, Mrs. Pondershitz. These sacrifices are a small price to pay to be the grandniece of Great Aunt Anna. Her influence has been key to my development into the vampire that I am today. She is full of affection and esteem for myself, and oftentimes, when she is awake, refers to me lovingly, not condescendingly, as her little Ambrosia. There is so much closeness in between us. In order to fully understand Mrs. Pondershitz, you and your subscribers must know that I have a beleaguered ancestry. My mother was a human. And consequently, when I was learning about my vampire powers, I had not a soul to teach me except for kindly Great Aunt Anna. Great Aunt Anna gave me my education. Which, truth be told, she really owed me because she did do the bite that made me into a vampire in the first place. 
But it's fine, Mrs. Pundershitz. I'm not mad, Mrs. Pundershitz. If your readers were wondering if I'm mad, the answer is nope. How could Ambrosia be mad about an act, however unconsenting, that brought Great Aunt Ananananana and I closer together? In fact, it was Aunt Anana who taught me how to do the hypnosis. Every vampire has a special skill, and mine is hypnosis of the animals. I don't normally disclose this, Mrs. Pondershit, but I have personally developed a special technique for the hypnosis. The technique is massage. I do a massage in which the animals become hopelessly hypnotized. The felines especially are very susceptible on account of their tiny cat brains. One just offers a massage in between the ears, and the kitties become morons. Kitties have always reminded me of my mother, Mrs. Pondershitz. Plagues as well, because I did lose my mother in the first plague. Mrs. Pondershitz, please do not comfort me. My mother and I had a troubled relationship. She concluded that I was a witch with all the kitties. Can you imagine? Very critical. Most offensive of all was that this criticism extended to my transition into vampiricism. Naturally, I began to speak differently. She decided that my new accent was a bit cheeky, but my new accent is really the speech impediment that afflicts all the vampires because it's impossible to talk like a normal person with the teeth. It offers a very good effect, though. Mrs. Pondershitz, I'm afraid I have spent too long on this letter already and in so doing, neglected the many other requests on my time. I will continue this discourse at a later date. Mrs. Pondershitz, I will end this letter with a bit of wisdom from the late great suffragist Susan B. Anthony, who said... I am a suffragist, and also, I like blood. Very sincerely, Ambrosia. The 15th of July, 2020. Dear Mrs. Pondershitz, Editor-in-Chief of the Paranormal Review, I commend you on your admirable reporting on the hail patterns of late that have so negatively affected the werewolf community in Nova Scotia. I do appreciate that so many articles published in the Paranormal Review offer insight on the suffering that has taken place during this time. I cannot say strongly enough that the vampires, particularly me, are also being negatively affected in the year 2020. And consequently, there is enormous solidarity with the Canadian werewolves and also with the humans. To speak bluntly, Mrs. Pondershitz, this is a dumpster fire of a moment for us all. Even myself, being an experienced undead, have begun to acquire a modicum of the cabin fever, the climbing of the walls, the claustrophobia, the seasonal affective disorder, the ennui, the boredom, Mrs. Pondershitz. Under normal circumstances, being a vampire of great resource, I would simply venture into the world and seek out a human for my entertainment, or for a little recreational laceration, or to terrorize for a little amusement. But Great Aunt Anna made it very clear before she retired to her coffin that the old pandemic house rules are in effect. And the rule number one of the old pandemic house rules is no humans inside the house. This having been said, I do believe that the solution to my ennui is to break this rule and to acquire a human. A human for inside the house, in case that was not already clear, Mrs. Pondershitz. I am greatly occupied with preparations for this endeavor, but I will keep you posted, Mrs. Pondershitz, as I know my affairs are of the utmost importance to the readers of this journal. In the meantime, I will leave you with a quote from Archduke Franz Ferdinand, who said, I'm bleeding. Very sincerely, Ambrosia. The 9th of August, 2020. Dear Mrs. Pondershitz, 
Editor-in-Chief of the Paranormal Review. I would like to both formally and also casually inform you that I have done the thing I mentioned in my previous letter. I have thrown caution to the wind and brought a human into the house. Now, it may seem, as I relay this information to you, as though I had just acted on a whimsy in execution of this plan. That illusion would be a delusion. My decision is preceded by copious research. My desired outcome was not to have acquired just any human, but rather to have acquired the utmost human, Mrs. Pondershitz. And in my humble opinion, Jessica, who is my human, is it. I know this because Jessica sits as ruler of a tiny kingdom. This kingdom is called the Olive Garden, and its population has historically been comprised of farmers of Grecian descent, and Jessica is their queen. She was actually quite easy to catch Mrs. Pondershitz because she was typing on her tiny hand computer, and I was able to summon her to me by means of a very delicate hypnosis. The truth is, Mrs. Pondershitz, I do feel a level of guilt for having hypnotized her. And then, after I hypnotized her, I did feel obliged to offer some misinformation to her in regard to my being a vampire because I do believe she would run away if faced with the truth of my vampiricism. I misdirected her to believe that I am a magician. Which, fortunately, explains a lot of the vampire encumbrances. But I'm delighted to inform you, Mrs. Pondershitz, that it's proceeding without glitch. I have imparted quite a lot of knowledge so far. For instance, how it is possible to hypnotize a bat by smiting it with a stick. It becomes hypnotized and acquiesces immediately, Mrs. Pondershitz. It is noteworthy that Jessica's eyesight is outstanding, and so despite her outbursts every time we happen upon a bat, which is excessively annoying, her impeccable aim with a stick does ultimately justify this aggravation. And, in consideration of the extent to which Great Aunt Anna is a very deep hibernator, the screaming is permissible. Not great. Mrs. Pondershitz, I appreciate you will be inundated with inquisitions regarding Jessica's advancement, and while she is rapidly progressing, I promise to keep the publication versed in the major developments as they occur. In the meantime, I will leave you with a quote from the late, great Thomas Jefferson, who said, The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood. Very sincerely, Ambrosia. The 11th of August, 2020. Dear Mrs. Pondershitz, Editor-in-Chief of the Paranormal Review, Though unsolicited, I feel obligated to offer the readers of the Paranormal Review a recapitulation on Jessica, the ruler of the Olive Garden, who had been under my hypnosis and tutelage. Things were going very well, but then something bad happened, and they're not going very well anymore. It's a bit nebulous, but I lost Jessica. Mrs. Pondershitz, my hypnosis waned for a fraction of a moment, and it appears that Jessica ran away with my arch nemesis, Steve, who was also my landlord. Steve hypnotized her, and she ran away. If you must know, Mrs. Pondershitz, they fell in love. It saddens me to inform your readers that I find myself a lonely vampire once again. Losing Jessica has been a nightmare of an experience, and I have been pushed to the revelation that I am ambitious to be an online dating vampire. Do not try to talk me out of it, Mrs. Pondershitz. The process is already in motion. 
However, Mrs. Pondershitz, a new obstacle has been encountered. The obstacle being that my matches are quite unpalatable. In truth, I find myself confused and disgusted by the choices, Mrs. Pondershitz. And I'm confident your readers can understand. It is my humble desire to find a nice, sinewy, vivacious, pale, thundering titan of a vampire. A match that is equal to a nice, big, scary monster, except for more sexual. I do not believe that this is too much to ask, Mrs. Pondershitz. I urge you to poll your subscribers as to their fitness to this description and for any applicable candidates to present themselves without delay. In the meantime, I will leave you with a quote from the great champion of lovemaking, Fabio, who said, I am full of blood. Come and get it, please. Very sincerely, Ambrosia. Postscript. It would be ideal if the applicable vampires were excellent at performing interviews. Post postscript. I believe our written correspondence has led us to an important precipice where we must speak with each other's real-life voices over the telephone. I am willing to make myself available for such a meeting, and I will look out for your speedy reply in regards to scheduling this event, Mrs. Pondershitz. Post, post, script, script. In anticipation of your reader's eagerness in regards to the distribution of the Paranormal Review's interview with myself, which is bound to be the highest quality interview that has ever been granted to your publication, and consequently the most widely circulated, I will make sure that despite my ensuing all-encompassing romantic affair, I will be able to find time for the conclusion of our interviews and consequently have high hopes that this will not be a deterrent to yourself to putting forth the most eligible of bachelor vampires to myself. So, again, very sincerely, Ambrosia. Thanks for being with us on the Miller Podcast number nine, featuring Anya Krawcheck's Ambrosia in Correspondence. Writing, production, and sound engineering by Anya Krawcheck. And as she puts it, better sound engineering by Brian Goodhart. Look for her on Instagram at K-R-A-N-Y-A. Learn more about her at her website, anyakrawcheck.com, and we'll make sure to leave links to our IMDb page in the show notes. Be sure to also check her out on YouTube. The Ambrosia YouTube link is up in the show notes as well. Stay tuned for Miller Oddcast number 10, coming soon. In the meantime, do not sleep. Submissions are open now for the 2021 Miller Audio Prize. Learn all about it at our website. Thanks also to the Missouri Review Contest editor, Bailey Boyd, and TMR intern, Annalise Hatjakis, who joined me for this oddcast, and to Patricia Miller for her generous support for the Miller Audio Prize. Finally, TMR is open for submissions year-round, and we remain dedicated to discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Be heard. Give us the opportunity to discover you. Subscribe or submit your work today. Learn more at MissouriReview.com. <laughs>